Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. I don't understand uh, young people on birthdays. Why? Because, why? Why do you say young people? Because, well, Matt's a young person. Am I? Okay. Yeah. 42. Oh, 42 well, years young. Slightly younger than me. No, but, I, but when, I, when I were a lad, birthdays are just, they arrived, you know, you got, you got some couple of presents and you moved on, didn't you? A couple of pints in the evening. Now people take a day off work. Yeah, no, that is ridiculous. And they, they, and they plan these monumental events. And it's yeah. got to be kind of an all-nighter. They've got to go to yeah. Prague. There we are. I've, I've my phone on. What do you want me to do? Get my, give myself a phone call or something? Or you ring me and then you hear... Well, what if, you've only got a, if you've just got a regular ring, it's no point, is there? No. I thought you might have a piece of amusing music. I have a piece of amusing music. I'm going to ring Matt's phone right now. Don't uh, you have Don't Fear the Reaper? And, no, I don't well, have... You used don't, to have don't, don't, don't Fear the don't, Reaper. Don't, don't have Don't Fear the Reaper anymore. Uh, I'm now ringing Matt Hall's phone. Um, this is very exciting, isn't it? Oh, I've got a guest. It's Irie. It's an I ring tone. It's a roots ring tone. Oh, I know that. I know this song. What is it? That's good. It's a tenor saw ring the alarm. Oh, which that's I, kinda, I, I, I came across one day and thought, yes. So if that goes off on an overgrowth, ring mine. people look at you and just think, what a very relaxed, hip, very cool kind of character. Now, it's a really good advertisement for yourself, isn't it? Well, Matt's now ringing mine. Possibly. Well, they might think, what a twat. <laughs> they might well do that, actually, yeah. It's Bo Diddley. It's Bo Diddley. It may even be Bo Diddley by Bo Diddley. No, it's not. It's Hey Good Looking by Bo Diddley. Hey Good Looking. Same song. Like that. Fantastic. And uh, I'd, I'd only changed it. I changed it. I had, uh, I had Booker T and the MGs. Oh, yeah. I think it was Time Is Tight for quite a while. Before that, I had um, Don't Feel the Reaper by uh, Blue Oyster which that. is a highly recommended ringtone. Because mm. it's got very, that distinctive guitar intro, so isn't it? That goes off in a train. Presumably just everyone else is complete blank, but two or three blokes, roughly your age, <laughs> give you a little <laughs> cheery little thumbs up. I saw them on the Danish tour, mate, yeah. I've seen oh, Blue Oyster yeah. Seriously, I saw their Danish tour. 
I was a, a reporter for New Musical Express, David. I was cool. sent out with a support band who were called John Cougar. And they became <laughs> John Cougar Mellencamp, yeah. who then became John Mellencamp. Yeah, I remember turning up and John Cougar was lying on a hotel bed, was ushered into his room with a load of kind of frat boys, kind of a box of cold beer. And I said, how's the guys the tour going? He said, man, it should have been here last night. The chicks. He said, I was so close to, so close to heaven, I thought I saw God peeping around the shower curtain. I thought, oh my God, this is going to be great. I said, I'm a vicar's son. Can we talk about Blue Oyster Cult for a second? Yeah, you want Because yeah. they, um, if I'm correct, Blue Oyster Cult had one physical characteristic that marked them out from most other popular music singing groups. They were blue? <laughs> I don't know. I think they were, they were <coughs> very... Only guitar-playing mollusks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, living in a strange uh, community. <laughs> I'll be back in a minute. I'll just... Uh, oh, come on, Dave. Uh, Matt and I are enjoying this. Well, don't you come tell on, us. Come, come on. Dave. Come on. <laughs> Listeners, do you want David to rejoin the podcast? Of course you do. Do it. No, the thing about the cult... Was they were very, and I never saw them, so I can't verify this, but you probably can. They were very, very small, weren't they? But they probably well, they were diminutive of stature. But Blue Oyster Cult, you couldn't get in Blue Oyster Cult. You guys, Matt Hall and Mark Allen, would not have got in Blue Oyster Cult. Blue Oyster Cult, I would have been a shoe in. Me, if you know, it's like those little bars at Disneyland. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> if you if you go over that's this right, height, you can't go on this right. Oh, right. That's that's the you know recruitment policy that they used to operate. If Blue Oyster Cult were in the room now, <laughs> Matt and I wouldn't wouldn't be aware of it. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> We'd be looking up from above the clouds. Which isn't there somewhere around? <coughs> you just think, what's that whispering sound? Down. Don't fear the reaper. And they're like, they're over there. And then, <laughs> you'd, and then you'd step back and go, oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, you always get another bass player. Another bass player. Dime a dozen. It was a rustling in the undergrowth. It was blue. But Dave, you see, that's the thing about rock bands and their stature is that you wouldn't know that they were all small because they obviously deliberately hired small people, which was the small faces technique. And have all their... Oh, how tall were the small faces? Five foot, sorry, ridiculous, like five foot four, five foot five? To, to me, I don't small faces were all the same height, well, for, but, but you didn't know that they were tiny, yeah, but the because they were it, all tiny. No, but not quite so airy there. with your talk of five foot five, <laughs> five foot six, having something ridiculous <laughs> like that. <laughs> something barely human. Like <laughs> <that>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the thing about the small faces was not so much that they were tiny, but they were slight. That, oh, was, okay. that, that was why they were called the small faces, though. The clue was in the name. I think they had small faces. No, they, they were, were faces. They, yeah, but they didn't mean low faces. faces. That's faces. a different thing, man. But small. they were small. They were faces on the scene. And faces on the scene, exactly. But I've met, uh, I've met uh, members of the small faces, and uh, you know, I've got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, the, re- the rest of the pint on your head. <laughs> 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 tower over You looked up to them in awe and, yeah. uh, you know, astonishment. Yeah. So why are, we talk- why are we talking about small faces and the faces and the Rolling Stones? I see a thread about <laughs> You're listening to the Word Podcast, by the way. Uh, I feel that, you know, if anybody's missed it, you ought to know the headline from the, the Daily Telegraph. Now, there was a time when the Daily Telegraph didn't used to cover stories like this, yes? But they do nowadays. They're in part of the um, entertainment cyclone that is enveloping our world, aren't Absolutely. they? Absolutely. Anyway, the headline goes from the Daily Telegraph, Ronnie Wood wants dwarfs at daughter Leah's wedding. Shall I repeat that, gentlemen? Ronnie <laughs> Wood... I saw it. Oh, I must have been. I was astonished. And... Uh, a scene from Spinal Tap. 
But uh, to be so, so Matt, go on. You're our man on this story. Over to Matt Hall with the details. <laughs> with details. Thanks, Dave. Uh, <laughs> Ronnie Wood has a yeah, let's hand back and forth. <laughs> Over to Mark. Latest on Thanks, Matt. Mark. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah um, Mr. Wood has decided, to be fair to him, I've got to say, what wedding wouldn't be improved by half a dozen little people leaping out of the foliage. Get the blue oyster cup up, right? <laughs> <laughs> leaping out of the foliage and performing tricks, like, like um, not... not Magic tricks, but snatching people's hats. That's what he says. That's tickling them. That's, that's, this quote, uh, well, a wedding source told the Sun newspaper. Probably means either Ronnie's PR or somebody from the, from the caterer or something. Yeah. And uh, he says that the rock, the rock star, 61, what a wonderful old-fashioned expression that, <laughs> that is, wants actors dressed as mischievous, giggling little imps to play <laughs> pranks on guests such as snatching the woman's hat. Now, only in the world of Ron Wood is that regarded <laughs> as amusement. And not a complete pain in the arse. They bring two or three spare hats in the hope of snatching action. So, See, most people would be absolutely furious, wouldn't they? Oh, how tedious would that be? Your wife would be if somebody snatched her hat. Do you think your wife's seen the funny side? I don't think Even so. Worse, you turn around to, to lamp the blighter, and he's only about two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Pick some of your own size. Surely, surely, yeah. <laughs> Putting the mockers on a dwarf. It would. Thing, isn't oh, it? Ron, that's a strange, twisted, furry, dark little Ro- world of Ronnie Wood for you. Uh, Ronnie's uh, sense of humour, as his book that was published <laughs> it's very last broad, year, I think, it? <laughs> indicated. Yeah, it's it, a thirteen-year-old would consider it unsophisticated. But I've got to say, I've got to say, <laughs> we kind of looked down on it. If that's the marker laying that being laid down, please, if anybody out there has got an invite to the wedding, can we get a verbatim report on the on the um, bride's father's speech? Because it's bound to be a doozy, isn't it? Oh God! It'll go on <laughs> for weeks as weeks. well. A magazine, a website, a podcast, the word. Follow up to, to last week's uh, podcast. Uh, oh, I'm going to I'm going to read you this, Mark, uh, from Ian Beasley. It says, just joined the group, and it's, it's simply a thank you for brightening up his Friday dialysis session with the word podcast. Blimey. So, you know, we like, we like to feel that we lighten anybody's load, <laughs> but Ian, particularly yours. Dad, we, must, I, I, I saw that we must be richly entertaining <laughs> to give you a giggle in those sort of circles. You, know, you would have thought That's so. Very, I'm very pleased. God so, bless him. And, uh, and, and to just an erratum. An erratum, is that what we say? Arata. Yeah. Is there more than one? Uh, from, if there's more uh, than one, it's arata. Okay, there's just one. Um, from a few weeks ago where we'd, we were speculating what was the last British, uh, Eng- British record to win the Eurovision Song Contest, as Trevor Dan actually rang me up to point out it was Katrina and the Waves with Love Shine a Light in 1997. We thought it was, what, Buck's Fizz? Oh, did we? Oh, no, good record, Love Shine a Light. So that that was the last winner, um, and uh, he's never had to work again, has he not? Yeah, oh, it's really yeah, it's quite a nice life. Had a couple of hits. He wrote uh, "Walking on Sunshine." Walking on must sunshine. be a pension, wasn't it? There's something oh, with yeah. the word Egyptian in it, which was covered by the Bangles. I've forgotten the walk. Walk like an, walk like an Egyptian, in fact. Yeah. But Katrina waves. You know, walking on sunshine must be a pension. Gone. Kimberly Rue decided to walk around Britain. Walk around the coastal paths of Britain. Oh, that's a nice thing. Uh, you know, if I'd made a couple of bob writing songs and I didn't actually have to get up at eight thirty every morning to battle with the district line, I think I might do the same thing. Actually, can I just point out? Can I just point out two things about Mark Ellen? 
one, on the days he gets up at 8.30, it means he's taken strong, you know, medicinal you know, drugs the night before, <laughs> and he's slept in terribly. <laughs> normally he I wakes up about five. It's about five. Uh, and the other thing is, you walked to the office the other day, didn't I you? I did walk to the office, yeah, last and week. And tell everybody how far the office it's is. It's eight and a quarter miles. There you go. Fantastic. Yeah, um, well, it's got to be done, I today, um, I once did an interview with... Um, Back in the day, as they say, with Bill Drummond, uh, half of the KLF. Oh, he a uh, big walker, wasn't he? Yeah, and he, he at that He's point, lived in um, Aylesbury. And every Sunday, and we did the, we did the interview, it was a radio interview, we did with uh, Mark Thomas, um, but, uh, who was the presenter at the time of the programme that I was uh, working on, too much information. But um, Bill Drummond got his uh, really, really high-scale um, map out and used to walk around the um, pathways and public footpaths of... Um, the countryside around Aylesbury, marking it off in a pen and dating it in order that um, farmers couldn't come along and close the... And close the right away. ...they'd never been used. So, yeah, he was, My God. He was marking off the right of he's involved, oh, he's involved with Ian Sinclair, isn't he? The guy who's a big psychogeography yeah, writer. The guy writer, who wrote uh, Lights Out the Territory. The territory and the Orbital or whatever is the one yeah, where they yeah. walked round the M25, didn't yeah. they? I think Bill Drummond was one of the people who walked, yeah. walked with him. Uh, and, um, and Alan Moore, who has appeared in Word. Oh, right, when Bill how, Drummond who appears in this issue of Word. How scared would you be if you were walking along a country path and you saw... Ian Sinclair, Bill Drummond, <laughs> and Alan Moore coming towards you. Yes, you give up walking. Yes, great, you gl- you'd great take us running. In the opposite direction, <laughs> I think. You show a clean pair of heels. Do you think we should have a podcast special? Rock, go walking. walking. Tours, yeah. Seriously, I thought yeah. about doing it. I've got a phone call, though. No, seriously, America, before we do that, if, if Matt could ever, it's a technical challenge, if you could ever rig up the mics in a proper way. I think a walking podcast would be a really oh, good be thing. Fantastic. To go somewhere and talk and walk and yeah. record at the same time. No, Art I was interviewed by a, 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 a cycling radio programme recently, and uh, I was interviewed on my bicycle. It's fantastic. They arrived, the reporter arrived at my door and cycled to Islington, the word office, with me. When did this, this go now? About a year or two ago. It was on uh, Reformation Radio. Do you mean resonance? Resonance. I always say that. Reformation Radio. That's, Reformation. Not, that's, that's a good that's idea. That's completely different. <laughs> that's, that's, that sounds very roots. It's Residence Radio. Yeah, they have a special cycling program. Reformation and Radio. They, they have all those uh, monks around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're tearing down the altars. That's right. They drink a lot of ten percent beer. Selling off the muscle. monastery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and any, gra- any graven images straight yeah. out the window. So they recorded you. Yeah. On the on the bike. That's very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's brilliant. So talking about as Mark was about to introduce a second ago, talking about people rock stars who walk a lot. Art Garfunkel. Has oh, I've never heard this story. Sound of young Islington. Young felon on the streets today. Art Garfunkel has walked across America, I think, more than once. He's he got a, a return ticket. And uh, I think he's walked across China. He's got an extraordinary... He's a very serious, very active individual, Art Garfunkel. If you go to his website, just Google Art Garfunkel, it's an extraordinary piece of work. He, re- he's very, he takes himself very seriously, Art Garfunkel. Yeah. But fair enough. Not a lot of laughs with Art, though. Not a lot of laughs with Art. Go out for a six-pint session with him. But he reads... Seri- you know, he's the kind of guy who will read two serious books a week. Kind While of thing, walking. And will, and will <laughs> write about them. And so there's a section on his website called Arts Library. You see? But you don't find that in your Art Pete Doherty no, website, do you? So is he chewing his way through War and Peace on the way to Gary, Indiana, <laughs> along the side of some sort no, of... No, I think he walks and then he reads. You know, it's only what, you know, Wordsworth and Coleridge did, isn't it? It's what we'd all do if we'd made a load of money, let's be honest. What do you reckon? 
Yeah. Well, it's, it's still free to walk, Mark. As, how, long did, how long did it take? Yeah, it's damn near free to read, yeah. How long did it take uh, Kimberly Roo to walk round? I don't know, line? and he didn't obviously do it in one go. But I don't know, did he? No, he did in sections, you know. He you know, decided to go from oh, Cornwall, God, to, Cornwall and Devon or whatever in one crack. And then I took a month off to buy a new pair of trainers and... Uh, for body That'd repair and stuff, and then went back and said, I mean, wouldn't that be fun? I get inspired to do this this kind of thing. Where it, when you watch television, it's obvious to me that about five or six years ago, the BBC invested part of our, our licence fee in a helicopter. <laughs> Have you noticed They've got to get their money They back. bought a helicopter, yeah. and they put a camera in it, and now they run a series of programmes which use this helicopter swooping around generally the coastline of Britain, talking about how brilliant it is. And they did that series Coast, didn't they? Which is a very good the series. The gone Spring Watch next. Where have those geese gone? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she just there a minute ago. A rare bird that has never visited these shores before. <laughs> Sorry, that just seems very funny. So every time, every time I see an aerial view of the uh, the British coastline, I think, God, wouldn't it be fun to walk around there? You yeah. know? And there's bits that you'd never visited. Absolutely, it's, it's absolutely fantastic stuff. So uh, further stuff we were talking about on the uh, on the podcast last week. My uh, confession that one of the reasons I hadn't gone to see Bruce Springsteen was that he was playing at the Al Qaeda Stadium. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> referred to it, <laughs> and uh, and that uh, Paul Waring says I had no problem going to see Bruce at Old Trafford, but there was no way I was going to see Macker at Anfield. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he's obviously worked out some kind of sliding scale of, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, of evil. Uh, Rich, Richard Lowe says that... Uh, is this a s- badly drawn boy at Loftus Road. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it works out. <laughs> Which, Richard Lowe wants to know if this is, this is the sign of a diehard loyal fan or a post-Hornby poser who never goes to away games. That's me. All right. Okay. So, yeah, OK, I'm a post-Hornby Richard poser. Uh, yeah, never go to away games or home games. <laughs> Can't afford it. Proud of it. Never <laughs> <laughs> so, anywhere. Um, and uh, and Lucas Hare, who you bumped into Lucas Hare, didn't oh, you, on your holidays? Lucas Hare, if he's listening, hello. He came up to me. He bound to be listening. At the check-in at, uh, at Gatwick with my sons and one of their girlfriends, and he came up and said hello. I was thrilled. Well, was uh, a great man. He now said, well, he's even more of a great man because he says that uh, that last week was one of the all-time best podcasts. There you are. We, I told you it was a good night. Should we quit now? now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, good night. Uh, Let's leave it there on a high. We were talking about last week about Fern, uh, is it Cotton or Britain? Which Britain. Fern, yeah. Fern Britain and a gastric band. Oh, you, you've got the puns when all puns coming up now, <laughs> haven't you? Gra- Graham Arden says, wasn't the bass player formerly a member of Anal Cleft? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Very good. And, and that, Leeds boy <laughs> follows out with, uh, what about, he wants to know what about the Brig, the Brig House and Gastric Brass Band. I can't even say it. The Brig House and Gastric Brass Band. Mark looks blank because Mark doesn't know that there is a place. Mark doesn't come from Nearly it's called Rastric. <laughs> yes. Okay. Never heard of it. No. You never heard of the Brig House and Rastric Brass Band? No. Are they the brass band who play on, uh, they Roy Harper's one? Well, old, uh, oh, they might be. Yeah, they, 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 they the, or is that they the CWS? They had the hit with the floral dance. Didn't they? Back in the back in. Uh, oh God! They, 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 they did. They um, did. You're obviously listening to the word podcast because here we are talking about particular hits by by remotely <laughs> <laughs> unheard of brass bands on Roy Harper albums. They draw thousands. Do they? Sorry. They draw thousands. All oh, right. Okay. 
So listen, seriously, I fi- I've, I've appeared with a brass band on television. Have you? Yeah, a brass band, come up the call now, they're the uh, Shepton Mallet Village Band. Ah, ah, no, play at Glastonbury on the Glastonbury, Sunday morning. Yeah. And Michael Evis once said to me, this is many years ago, could you come along with me and appear singing along with the band? They were playing, um, you know, something like... Um, uh, March from Scipio, or, or right. you know, one of those old. Welsh I, ha- I have to tell you, I, d- I don't think that they're a, a bona fide brass band. They're a very good band, but oh, I, right. think, I think a brass band has a very strict uh, definition, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. The, the number of different uh, instruments and the amount of different instruments that you have in a brass band. Again, so, not a military band. It's a different podcast. thing. Yeah, yeah, We've yeah. now got into the strict definitions of <laughs> brass band qualification. So, if anyone would like to add to this debate, please do. Yeah. I can remember. I can remember. Men of Harlock, we sang. Sorry, oh, Men of Harlock. Yeah, me and Michael Evis standing in front of the of the enemy stage with this band minds. That was one of my finest moments on television. Yeah, I love the sound of a brass band. Great records with brass bands on them. Go on, Richard and Linda Thompson. I want to see the bright lights tonight. Oh, very nice. Uh, I think that's the CWS brass band. Oh, that <laughs> a cooperative, a cooperative all sales society of brass band. Stop us if we're boring you, listeners. <laughs> a magazine, a website, a podcast. The word. Hot news from the United States. It would appear that uh, that Walmart, the supermarket group, are, are now becoming one of the most significant players in the music business. And not just for kind of retailing records, but also for commissioning records, shall we say. Oh, yes. Now, I don't know if you missed this, but this was quite a big story in the States about the last Eagles album, the much vaunted comeback album. In the United States, you can only buy this at Walmart. This came out because the Eagles did a deal with Walmart. That's right. Wow. And now Journey have done the same thing. And there's a lot of speculation in the United States in the trade press about, about how significant this is. Because you look at it from, from both points of view. You know, Walmart, get a product that you can't buy anywhere else. So it's something they can talk about on their TV ads or something, yeah. you know, to kind of drive footfall or whatever. The Eagles or Journey get the money that would have gone to the record company, goes to them. And so even if, this thing, even if this thing is sold at like 10 or $11, it probably ten, something like that, they get, I don't know, five, which they wouldn't have got out of, you know, if they'd done it as a standard record release. And, you know, Walmart are now one of the few organizations that can sort of sign a, you know, tear off a check for, you know, whatever, $5 billion or whatever. Say, so, yep, yeah, we'll have your album. And uh, it's intriguing, isn't it? It is. It's fascinating. And, uh, you know, you just want... So you can only buy it in Walmart. You can only buy it in Walmart. you can get it. So, you know, you could sort of see the same thing happening here, couldn't you? You could see, I don't know... Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, you know, Eric through Marks and Spencers. Is that what you're building up? <laughs> I was going to say Girls Aloud through Marks and Spencers. Through or little. I, I was going to say. Through little. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. Well, that's okay. low, is it? Sorry, Dave. <laughs> they come back the second time he's walked out. That <laughs> um, uh, you can imagine that, can't you? That uh, and, and you can imagine it working for the supermarket and working for the act in the short term. Whether it worked for the act in the long term, I don't know. You know, whether Walmart will come back and want another album out of the Eagles or not, is yeah. they probably have moved on by then. And uh, presumably the bands have, uh, have arranged that after a certain time you'll be able to buy this uh, item at other stores, or is it just... Probably not, because, you know, it, it, if you're selling a record nowadays, 
It's all about what you sell in the first two months anyway. You know, unless, you're a, unless you're a sleeper hit. You know what I mean? What about the long tail, Dave? The long tail, the long tail applies to loads and loads of small releases right. rather than big ones. Right. You know, because the big ones, you know, if you take a Coldplay, which comes out this week, doesn't it, or something, mm-hmm. you know, it's how it performs in the next six weeks is probably going to be the important thing, isn't it, really? Isn't a lot of this to do with novelty, though? That people tend to do it. You know, I think the um, Counting Crows put out a record through Delta Airlines. Uh, I think they I think did a thing with Delta through... Airlines. Well, Paul McCartney, James Taylor, and so forth did that thing with Starbucks. Starbucks. And yeah. Starbucks have now reversed away from it very, very quickly. Really? It doesn't work for them right. at all. I think people do, because both sides get a huge amount of publicity, don't they? The Chemical Brothers put out a record through Booze. You know, then everyone will be talking about it. Maybe there should be a little bit of clever product association here. Then everyone will be talking about it, but they probably wouldn't do it a second time, would they? But uh, it, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how that works out because you know, if you, as we know, as anybody knows, as anybody knows, who has to sell a product of any kind, you know, if you're dealing with the supermarkets, you know, you are. Uh, well, I won't say dealing with the devil, but you know, they. You should, you should use a long spoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great expression. They very definitely have the whip hand, you know, in in any kind of relationship, you know, because it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're whether you're Paul McCartney, Word Magazine, or Procter and Gamble. Yeah. You know, they've got the train set. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? You've only got a very, very tiny part of it, yeah. you know. And uh, I think there was a case not long ago where one of the major supermarkets uh, was having a fallout with Kellogg. And so Kellogg said, oh, we won't supply you with our product. And they said, fine. <laughs> you know, so keep your cornflakes. Yeah, okay, yeah. for a while. That's quite a good one, though. Who's going to blink out of that, uh, that well, particular Well, I think, that, I think the supplier will be the one who blinks, you know, because yeah. the, you know, the supermarket can kind of get by. Anyway, we were talking about this the other day, weren't we, Mark? About the importance of subscribing to Word magazine. Well, we, we were. I talk about it a lot, Dave. It's nice to get an opportunity to do it publicly, actually. Because maybe we can persuade some people to hop board. <laughs> I think, Dave, it's a very good idea subscribing to Word magazine. I think you'll agree with me. You know, we do occasionally get the, this, this thing kind of turns up on the website, you know, when you get a new issue of work comes out, as is, you know, issue coming out this week uh, with John Martin on the cover. You know, some people say, oh, well, I looked at my local so-and-so and I couldn't see it. <laughs> and then I looked at another one and they had a load of copies or, or whatever. You know, why can't you print more? Why can't you put more out? You know, and these In all honesty, though, people should subscribe. Of course they should. Think? Well, I, I, I mean, I don't know how many magazines you subscribe to. I subscribe to six magazines. And I cannot get over the thrill of these things arriving through my Which door. Which ones do you subscribe to? I subscribe to... You really want to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. go on, go on. Vanity Fair, right. National Geographic, yeah. Private Eye, uh, The Oldie, right. uh, F Roots magazine, right. and one other... Oh, Diver. Diver, which is a... Uh, Don't you get the New Yorker as well? I get the New Yorker. So, yeah, is that seven? I can't remember. Yeah, oh, seven. So these come through my door. And I can't tell you how fantastic As much as I enjoy the hurly-burly of going to the uh, news agents... Uh, actually, I don't enjoy it as much as I used to because they're very brightly lit now and they're mostly uh, <laughs> organised in a way that's trying to sell you bars of chocolate and bottles of water and things they don't really want. And so you can't browse. Kenny, sorry, actually, yeah. I don't want to sound negative about it, but you can't browse. You're not encouraged to hang around in news agents flicking through magazines. Yeah. So I really, I love it. I love the idea that they come out. And also, sorry, and I'm going to have to say this in relation to Word magazine, David's cheaper. It's well, of course cheaper, it's, it costs, I can't remember, what's it cost? Listen, to listen, we're not, Word. I can't we're not, quid, you're no. not just saying this about Word, you could say this about any magazine. Oh, the well, sensible the, way to buy it is subscription. Well, it's cheaper, you don't miss one, 
it's less trouble to go and get it. It arrives on your doormat. And that will apply with its word, good housekeeping, the oldie old God knows what. But there's also an interesting... I'm sorry, I'm going to bore you now with, with the kind of the economic, ecological arguments for this, which are significant. Very sound and very Because, you know, people... People do occasionally get you know, frustrated because they can't find it or whatever. And you know, why can't you? Why can't you distribute it in the, you know, the, in the in the Scottish Highlands in every corner shop? You know, the fact is, and this applies to any magazine publisher in Britain, the big ones to the small ones. There are more and more outlets all the time. Just look around you. You know, there's more and more Smiths. There's more and more convenient convenience stores. There's more and more supermarkets. You know, there's even more and more small independents, and they'll all take your magazine. They will, as long as you're prepared to mark the phone. It's just a very interesting ringtone, which, which sounds like... Uh, <laughs> it sounds like a, a telephone. It sounds it? like no hiding place in 1963. It's like Dixon of Doc Green today. Hello, station. Hello. Have you caught him? That's one less felon on the streets today. He's linked to this, isn't he? You're nicked, my fine beauty. You have made the world a safer place. Oh, come quietly, Guff. Put the bracelets on. (laughs) I won't do it again. Ow! Anyway. (laughs) There are more and more outlets. They'll all take your magazine. All you have to do is to chop down more more forests to get more paper, to print more, to pay for... Yeah, and they'll all go into supermarket into the supply chain, and a load of them will come back. Mm. And who'll pay for those? You'll pay for those, okay? So you can bankrupt yourself by trying to distribute them yeah. absolutely everywhere. Oh, and, and if you go in your super local supermarket, you just got to have a look. They've had to put in there more than they can sell in order to get in there. That's the facts. Now, whereas a subscript subscriber copy, you know, you're doing it for that subscriber. Yeah. Who has entered into a relationship with you? You know what I mean, and you're posting it to them. And so once you, once it does work out something ridiculous. For it. Oh, it's very it's well. Like uh, three pound a month is it? The, the, the base of, as I'm always saying, one pint, one <laughs> tiny little pint of foreign beer. The basic subscription Italy. deal with with Word, which uh, you know, as a, as a cover price at the newsstand of four pound eighty, is is forty two pounds for twelve issues, uh, and you get twelve CDs with it. I'm saying that's not bad. And there's a special offer on at the moment, a special on, uh, where if you get in touch by the website, you can get three issues for f- three issues, the first three issues for five pounds. So anyway, if you've been thinking about it, you know, please accept that as your nudge to actually it's a nudge. do something about yep. it. Because that's what we do know about subscriptions. Everybody means to get around to doing it. But, uh, you know, it takes some kind of event to do it. The word. Matt, you're a radio correspondent. David. Yes. What's happening with Planet Rock and Virgin Radio? Oh, yeah, that was good. Both of which have been sold yeah, this I've week. Been a bit out of the loop because I've been in. Um, so Planet I've Rock been in Austria. Uh, Planet Rock. I, I read which Ryan May out of Queen was trying to buy. Ryan May. <laughs> was trying to buy. It's actually been whisked from under his nose yeah. uh, by a chap, uh, 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 mysterious, a, 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 mysterious a, a, mogul who made his cash. In, uh, in passport, passport applications. applications. How does that? Well, I have no idea. Anyway. And he's got some kind of he's got some sort of famous faces on his uh, on his bench. You know what I mean? Isn't he got in, Tony Iommi? He's got Tony Iommi. And of course, Derek Dick. He's any. got he's got a Derek Dick Acker Fish. He's got Ian Anderson, um, who's described here on the Guardian website as being a member of Jethro Tell. Uh, which is the famous progressive rock rock band that can't keep a secret, uh, and uh, 
and Gary Moore. So, you know, that's, that's pretty stellar company, isn't it? You know, and they're going to buy Planet Rock. And what these people are all believing is that uh, there is a future in running a radio station which runs nothing but, you know, kind of classic old Jimi Hendrix and, you know, I don't know, whatever is the modern equivalent. And uh, I don't know, do you think that's true, Matt? Uh, I'd like to think it was true. But it's not, is it? Matt? I don't think it is. <laughs> I, 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 I'd no like ne- to think there are enough people out there who would like to listen to Planet Rock to make it work. But they haven't so far. They haven't. And that's what they've been playing for the last Absolutely. two years of their license. As is the Arrow. Yeah. Uh, and you know, which is a shame. It's a as did XFM. It's a basic it problem. I, I actually no names, no pack drill. Last week, I had the opportunity to talk to uh, some very senior people at a major radio group in the UK. <laughs> and so I said, you know, um, uh, uh, forgive me, if, right. forgive, <laughs> forgive me if I p- appear disrespectful. But you know, I said, seven or eight years ago, we were being told that with digital radio, you know, a million flowers would bloom and there would be a station over here that played country music and there would be one over here that did so-and-so and, you know, there would be just loads and they'd all find some kind of business model. But it appears to me that you're, you're giving back digital licenses as fast as they're handed out and all radio stations are slowly, slowly converging into the middle of the road offering minute variations on the same thing. Is that true? They said, yes. Because <laughs> that's the only way they can make any money. Well, the problem is, the basic problem is that for the last kind of like five or six years, in my opinion, they've been obsessing about the delivery method. And actually, the, the method of delivery is the least important part of putting a radio station together. It's actually what you're going to deliver that's the important part. But there's no sign at the moment of any, of any great variety being introduced no. into, this, into no. this scene at no. all. I've, no. I've recently rediscovered fantastically, that little button on the iTunes, which is uh, radio stations. Oh, right. Um, and you can go down, you can go to your radio stations selection on the iTunes from all over the world. And there's some fantastic things. And they are, they are niche, non-more niche stations in that, you know, you've got 30 bluegrass stations that you can just put on and all they do is play bluegrass. You know, it's just, that is absolutely brilliant. And why would you need... What's you know, your favourite station that you listen to? A tiki station, which you'd like... It's just, tiki. it's just tiki music, but which is cool. what is that? Well, I've like, <laughs> no idea what you're talking tiki about. Tiki bars were a big thing in the uh, in in the states in the kind of sixties, and they were Hawaiian themed bars, and you drink Hawaiian themed. You drink things that are coconut shells, shells and, and skulls and stuff. <laughs> um, but obviously, the ukulele is big no. in the t- on the tiki scene. Oh God, good fact! I learned last night on that program that's on at six thirty that uh, David Mitchell what, does. <laughs> uh, the comedy programme that David Mitchell does. I don't know, but they kind of call my bluff yeah, on me. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. The ukulele is Spanish for crazy fly. Uh, Isn't that good? That is good. Yes, very good. Don't know which bit's the mad bit, crazy. Which bit? Yuku? That's superb. Oh, it's got to be Lely, hasn't it? Lely. Lely. <laughs> El hombre, Lely. <laughs> a magazine, a website, a podcast. The word. So, some a bit of feedback I- into the new issue already. Now, the new we're, we're recording this on Tuesday. New issue not out till Thursday. How has somebody fed back to it already, Matt? Okay. How could they have done it? But How could subscriber? They have subscribed. <laughs> that is absolutely <laughs> correct. So, um, no, that that somebody got in touch. Uh, I can't remember that that uh, that they're talking about uh, the feature in the current issue about best and worst of the internet. So, it's about the best things on the internet. And the worst things on the internet. What's the best thing on the internet? 
currently. YouTube. YouTube is certainly the best currently. And the worst thing on the internet is spam. spam. And then there's millions of things like that. But uh, somebody points out, somebody making the point that, uh, that why are podcasts not on there? Surely they're one of the best things on the internet. Very good point. That's a very good point. And there's n- numerous people saying that they stopped listening to the radio. They just listen to podcasts. Just listen to us 24 hours. No, I know. I'm not <laughs> suggesting they do that. What's your favourite podcast apart from us, Matt? Um, that, I don't, that I don't manufacture. Yes, yeah, so that leaves hardly any. Yeah, <laughs> I've, just, um, I've, just been, I've just listened to, um, and it's not strictly a podcast because it was originally broadcast on Five Live, but I've just listened to Danny Baker's first um, Oh, Euro phone-in. phone-in, yes. Is any good? Back on top form, I think. I, see, I love Danny, yeah, but, yeah. but he will what? not talk about Euro 2008. But you know what the best thing? The thing that made me snicker most? God. <laughs> guess, what the, uh, guess what the email address for the programme is. Oh, I know this. I heard him talk about this. I've forgotten. Go on. It's lord.reef at bbc.co.uk. <laughs> very good. That's very funny. And he despaired about the fact that he had to spell reef out because he presumed... Some people out there wouldn't know. Oh dear, how terrible. <laughs> I'm going to plug one podcast. We shouldn't do this, you know. Shouldn't plug competing podcasts because no, it's all competing for people's fine. time. But if you're, if you're like Mark and, uh, well, like everybody in this room, you're fighting a rearguard action against the decaying of the English language. Go and have a look at Grammar Girl. Just Google Grammar Girl. Have you seen this? No. It's an American site and a daily podcast where she takes for 10 minutes. She just explains a rule of grammar or punctuation or something like that and tells you what to do. A magazine, a website, a podcast, the word. Mark, you've got a new issue coming out this week. We what have would you a like new to issue. talk about? Uh, it's, uh, I think it's rather strong, to be honest, and I'm bound to say that. Kurt Cobain's unseen primary school picture. It's fantastic. It's really good, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Absolutely. Well. The most extraordinary thing about this picture is that I think it contains 22 uh, 11-year-olds at this elementary school in Canada. And of the 22 11-year-olds, who've obviously all been told to mug for the camera and and smile and look cheerful, 21 are smiling. Only one is looking as though he's suffering existential (laughs) angst. I think you can guess who it is. It's an amazing photograph. Also, the most, another astonishing picture, I'm very clear. I don't know if you're aware of uh, Justin Adams, you guys. Yeah. I'm sure you are. He's made some great records with... uh, uh, Jule uh, Kamara. In fact, we had one on the CD. Recently. We did. Fantastic. I also stepped in for a while for Robert Plant's band playing the kind of Jimmy Page role. Brilliant. He's the, which is the Rai Kuda of English world music, etc. Fantastic photographs this guy when he was at Eton in his school band playing Anarchy in the UK by the Sex Pistols, age 16 in the class. The and ba- behind him, he has written on the, li- the lyrics of Anarchy in the UK you know, on, the, on the blackboard in chalk. It is a fantastic photograph. Also a picture of him interviewing Joe Strummer for the school magazine when he was 16. This would have been about, I don't know, 82. Well, no, it's 77. We're talking about 77. Um, what else in there? Uh, fantastic piece about John Martin. Brilliant. Um, Conjecture from uh, Bill Drummond talking about uh, um, how it should be an end to recorded music. There's basically enough recorded music. What's his, um, there's just enough, is it? I, I haven't read that. What's, is that his theory? Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's gone too far. Uh, we can't cope with it. And, uh, you know, yeah, it, that's broadly it. Sleeve face, have you seen the sleeve face thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's and, no, Humphrey Littleton remembered. Brilliant piece. Uh, interviewing um, Graham Garden, Barry Cryer and Timbrook Taylor. Oh, and Dylan's paintings as well. I went to see Dylan's exhibition yesterday. Absolutely fascinating. Can we talk about Dylan's Yeah, please painting? do. This is astonishing art, Dave. I went with my wife, who is a professional artist, and she looked at his, his paintings it's in the uh, Halcyon Gallery in, in, um, in Mayfair. And she said, there's something peculiar about these pictures. And I said, um, what is it? She said, well, a lot of them are the same. 
but a different colour. Mm -hmm. And if you look at them closely, the paint itself appears to be original, but some of the actual structure of the picture, the drawings, isn't. It looks like, effectively, a photocopy. And what Dylan does, which is a really brilliant idea, this is exactly the same, actually, as the way he composes, right? This is my theory. He writes songs, and then throughout his life, he does different versions of those songs, with different colourings, if you like, in the same structure. And this is what he does with his paintings. He, he basically sketches in a book when he's on the road, and then he scans the sketch, right, has it blown up, and paints it in, in different colours. And so you get absolutely astonishing. So you get a whole wall of, you know, an old clabbered house in uh, the, the east seaboard or whatever, or a fabulous old New Orleans road or a staircase or a railway track disappearing into distance in kind of Van Gogh style, but in three or four different colours. Now that is a brilliant commercial ruse. Doesn't it say. also mean that he could, if he wanted to, bring out a book of painting by numbers with Bob Dylan. That'd be good. Just fill in all the... Yeah. I mean, it's quite, it's quite interesting. I, don't think, I think it means there probably isn't ever one absolutely original version of this picture. There's just loads of different coloured sort of original versions. Are they for sale? Oh, they are indeed for sale. And are they... Would they make well, a bit the, of a dent prints, even the most well-stuffed trouser pocket? Prints which have nothing at all apart from Bob Dylan's signature on them uh, are about £2,500. Yeah. The smallest ones were one and a half thousand. It's a good word from Dylan. I think he's, he's, got, he's, he's got a tidy little business going on there. The man's making a couple of bob. You know, years ago, did you get given, like I did, Joni Mitchell? A Joni Mitchell signed Joni Mitchell it. print. Is that Still worth something? It must be. It was from an album she put out called Dog Eat Dog, if I remember rightly. Was that right? Well, yeah, but she, she kind of she signed, painted the painting separately, didn't she? Yeah. I mean, she kind of that, yeah, uh, added an independent signed, existence. Yeah. We'll so have a look, didn't we? Ooh. Get on eBay. Get on eBay. <laughs> so if you, you suddenly, suddenly notice two on eBay, <laughs> yeah. suddenly go for mine. Glutty. <laughs> Joni Mitchell prices flattening. Go for mine, it'll be more expensive. <laughs> Thanks to activity <laughs> in London N1. That's right. Yes, so we'll run off and do that. So meanwhile, uh, if, you, if, you, if you'd like to take up further any of the issues raised in this, uh, in this podcast, uh, you can go to the website wordmagazine.co.uk and find out more and find out more about the magazine. But we also want you to join the Facebook group, don't we, Matt? Yeah. Which is steadily rising. Yeah. Uh, and so what you got to do is, what you got to do, go to okay, Facebook you've and join, go... You've got to join Facebook, which is not a problem. It's not a problem. Seriously. Most of the world has done it, yeah. you know, so... And it won't mean that you're bombarded, you can set it so you're not bombarded with loads of ridiculous emails all day. Yeah, stop pretending that anything on the internet is difficult. Like Mark oh, does. I do. I find everything difficult. <laughs> this, is, this, is the, this is the medium that has, the, has had the fastest dramatic take-up in the history of humankind. Not me. And Mark goes, it's really difficult. Have you got your broadband working yet? No, Mark? I haven't. I have had no internet connection at home for a month. So, oh, now, now think about this, Matt. Think about this. Mark gets more emails than anybody else I know. So when his email is finally restored... If the lights in London <laughs> dim <laughs> for about half an hour, if you, if you wake up in the morning and they say, you know, John Humphreys is saying the internet appears to be broken, yeah. it's because Mark is getting all those, you know, kind of bounce back keys, but emails, you know, and emails from me saying, for God's sake, ring me, because or whatever. What's the matter with you? You left the country. <laughs> when are you hoping it's going to be back? It's coming back on Thursday. Is it? An engineer's coming around to fix it. I'm so Fantastic. pleased. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, my internet was disconnected. And at the weekend, Andrew Martin Because supposedly my, my credit card had expired. My credit card had not expired, Matt. <laughs> so pipex.com, because they again, disconnected it. 
with whom I've severed all business relations. I'm furious. Can I pass 90 minutes to get through to these people? If anyone has ever had their internet disconnected, they will know what I'm talking about. 90 minutes trying to get through to speak to a human being to complain about it. Oh, my God. And that's somebody in India that, you know, doesn't know who you are and doesn't care. Can I give you one piece of advice if you ever want your broadband improving? Because I I employed this a few months ago, and it had a happy um, outcome. If you're complaining that your internet is not as fast as they have advertised, and they give you all their, their reasons, yeah, you yeah. then say, all right, can I have my Mac number, MAC? Your Mac number is your unique identifier of your broadband, and it's what you need to go and take your business elsewhere. Yes, you have to be as chosen. soon as you have your Mac, they, 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 you ask for the Mac number, they take you very seriously indeed. So they put you through, they put you through to somebody, totally, <laughs> somebody <laughs> totally different, you know, who has a sexy voice. He goes, Mr. Hepworth, can I help you? Whatever, you know, is there anything I can do for you? And it was, it was solved within, uh, within a couple of days. Fantastic. Wish I'd known that. This podcast was brought to you by The Word. Details at wordmagazine.co.uk. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.